Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm debatably the best player in franchise history. Aaron Rodgers breaks his silence on his future with the Green Bay Packers. When I came out of the darkness, something changed. The four-time NFL MVP says the Packers pushed him out. We just got to look at the reality. They want to move on. They don't want me to come back, and that's fine. Now the man who spent 18 years with the Pack, 15 years leading the Pack, has plans to play somewhere else. I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. This week on Open Record, another Packers legend appears to be moving on. Nobody has bled green and gold like me. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm here with Open Record's executive producer, Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Cello. We are also joined today by Fox 6 Sports Director, Tim Van Voren. Welcome back to the podcast, Tim. Hey, good to be on with you guys. We are recording this episode on Thursday, March 16th. And as we record, there's still no official deal sending quarterback Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay to the New York Jets, but number 12 made it clear on Wednesday he plans to play for the Jets next year. First and foremost, Tim, where are we on this thing? Is this a done deal, or could it still fall apart if the Packers and Jets can't come to terms on compensation? Would it still fall apart, Brian? Yes, it could. Obviously, until a deal is done, a deal is not done. We've seen players sign contracts or agree to contracts, and they fail the physical. Anything can happen until it's actually a done deal. I would say, in my mind, while Aaron Rodgers said, on the Pat McAfee show Wednesday, it wasn't decision day for him. To me, it was. It's 99.99%. He's going to the New York Jets. It's a matter of when, not if. And I fully expect that they will get this deal across the finish line. Was there ever a question, though? I mean, I think at the end of the season, um, you know, there was a, obviously a lot of talk of, is he is, is this it? Is he going to retire? You know, a lot of people thought this was Rodgers' last season in the NFL. So, was that, you know, was that ever really on the table? The retirement you're talking about, Sarah? Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't see it. I, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is a competitor. I don't think he's going to walk away while he thinks he still has something left. I think he definitely feels he still has something left. It will be interesting to see exactly what that is uh, as he continues his football career. But I think he feels 2022 season was an aberration. Obviously, there's an awful lot of money as an inducement for him to come back and play. That factors in whether these these guys say it doesn't or not. You're walking away from $60 million if you retire. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't think it's solely the reason it kind of makes for good social media discussion, but I don't think he really does want to retire the same year as Tom Brady and J.J. Watt and be going into the Hall of Fame or be eligible for the Hall of Fame, the same class as those guys. So it didn't surprise me at all that he's continuing to play uh, football. I thought for a bunch of the offseason, that he would still come back to the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, that is not going to happen. And I would say most of us even shifted our mind on that as the offseason went along. For me, it was right around the time of the uh, scouting combine. I talked to several people in Indianapolis uh, affiliated with the Packers. 
and it was evident that uh, the, the the sands had shifted. Tim, you mentioned the uh, the, the Pat McAfee show, and obviously uh, Aaron Rodgers has aired a lot of his grievances uh, in recent years on on his buddy's uh, YouTube uh, show, and he did this yesterday. He was on for quite a long time. Have you listened to the entire interview front to back? Yes. So there's a lot that happens in in that interview, and uh, I'm curious your takeaway as you listen to it. I mean, we hear snippets, we hear sound bites, we hear what what people like us in the media determine are sort of the the, the go-to moments. But after listening to the whole thing, what was your overall takeaway? My overall takeaway is that Aaron Rodgers feels uh, pushed out of Green Bay or not loved in Green Bay, Uh, and I think while he says he felt the vibe last season and uh, you know it started to, to shift on him, I think he's ready for a move as well. What I hear from that hour-long or so interview is, is Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee talking about, hey, this is the next chapter. Let, let's get to it. I think that uh, he says very complimentary things toward Green Bay and the Packers fans, but I think He's he's ready to go. I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth after he he, he spilled a lot of words over an hour. But uh, in my sense, my takeaway is he's very much ready to go. One of the early things he said, Brian, was there are no bad guys in this, and there will be no bad guys as long as things work out right. Well, I, to me, that's one of the most telling comments of the whole darn thing. He feels as though as long as this trade goes down the way he wants on a timetable, he and the Jets want it'll be fine. If not. I think that uh, you know we're going to hear more from that side of this equation. Well, we know for sure that Aaron Rodgers he sends messages through these things. He he may sound like he's the most congenial guy ever, and he's saying how much he loves the Packers organization and Packers fans. But there's no question he's sending messages. I thought it was interesting that he 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 talked like you said about there being no villains. He talked about how he felt the Packers pushed him out. They don't want him anymore. But later in the interview. Pat McAfee asks him, it was either Pat or it might have been A.J. Hawk, one of them asked him, okay, if you came out of the darkness retreat and the Packers had said, we decided we want you back, we really want you back, will you come back and play for us? And he said, you know, probably not. I don't think so. I think it's just time to move on. So while he's sort of putting this on the Packers, he's also acknowledging, I really never had any plans to come back to the Packers. I think that's a good catch, Brian. It was A.J. Hawk who asked that question. Uh, and A.J. doesn't ask the majority of the questions on that program. Uh, but I think you're right. And, you know, The longer the interview goes along, and that's true for any of us, so you talk for an hour, your true feelings are probably going to come out a little bit later on. If you're going to put closed captioned up, captioning up from a TV story we do or interviews, you know, it's going to read one way in black and white, but what are the inflections? What's really being said between the lines? I think that was what was being said between the lines. He was ready to go. The Packers are ready for him to go. Neither side wants to be the one who makes it look like they pulled the shoot on this. So there was a lot of that. Uh, but And that's why I think it took so long to get to an actual decision. I think that Aaron Rodgers, while he says he was going into the darkness retreat and retirement, I personally don't buy that. I think he was going to play all along. Uh, so, you know, the Packers probably would have preferred hearing earlier what his plans were. Rodgers probably would have preferred hearing from the Packers earlier what their true plans were. And ultimately, Rodgers had to be the first one to speak publicly. But I think they were both there mentally. So I will be a big liar if I said the last four days I haven't been refreshing Twitter like every three <laughs> seconds to try to see if there was another tweet from an insider. Um, I love a good behind the scenes, pull the curtain back, you know, um, 
again, reading into the black and white. Okay, so there's all these sources and everyone tries to like do it before the other one, obviously. And so there's NFL writers, there's ESPN insiders, you know, there's agents and stuff. How how does that all kind of behind the scenes? So how do you as, you know, sports director and your team and all the sports reporters, how do they kind of decipher from all of that as people compete to try to break the story? It's a great question. And uh, there's no one answer to it, Sarah. You have to, number one, have a base of people you trust, whether those are reporters elsewhere that you trust more than others, uh, or whether those are people in the Packer organization. In this case, in terms of saying, do I know someone that I can get any valid information from, from the inside of Aaron Rodgers' camp, I would say no. I, I don't. I don't think I'm in the minority there either. I think that's the way this particular situation would play out. Uh, so you you have to go with people on the outside. You have to go people working it from different angles. As I said, you talk to some people when you get the chance in person. Some of that's on the record. Some of that's off the record. Some of that's just, you know, you're, you're chit-chatting to see what comes of it. Uh, and then also you're working the phones. You're, you're We're doing the same thing, monitoring Twitter. You know, every time you, you know, you go take a shower, you come out, you look at the Twitter. I mean, did I miss anything? You know, it's kind of, it was kind of been that way the last few, uh, last few days for sure. In this case, it was actually, it was, it's interesting to me, the McAfee role in all this, because to me, that's wagging the dog a little bit. Kind of know, as Brian pointed out, how many things Aaron Rodgers has revealed on the Pat McAfee show. But there was some clarity Tuesday when it was announced that he would appear on the Pat McAfee show Wednesday, but you kind of, you almost took a, a, a sigh of relief. Like, okay, now we can just line everything up for Wednesday. Don't know what'll be said, but there'll be something there and probably nothing before it because... Aaron Rodgers controls this story and his circle is so tight, he was not going to undercut the ratings for that program. He wasn't going to re- have something come out the night before, which takes away the oomph of the show. So you kind of thought, all right, all systems go at noon central time Wednesday. And that was the uh, correct approach at the tail end of this. Well, I think if there had been a deal that he was waiting to reveal, like it's done, that's where probably I'm guessing, especially some of those national media were, were scrambling to say, we've got to try to get the Jets to confirm this or the Packers to confirm this so we can beat Aaron Rodgers. But of course, there was no official deal for him to announce. I do wonder if this has changed the game in terms of, you know, Aaron Rodgers essentially has Pat McAfee almost as his own PR guy. Sure, he's asking him questions, but they're pretty friendly questions. Um, and he's got this place he's going to go to that he's comfortable to air things out in his way. He doesn't have to sit in front of a bank of reporters who are going to ask hard questions or who might challenge him with follow-ups. Is that something you think that is now maybe, has this set the standard going forward for the way players are going to reveal this kind of big-time news? I think any player who could get this uh, type of scenario would want it, no question about it. You're, you're going unchecked. As you said, Pat McAfee's asking questions. Well, Pat McAfee is, and I all... Credit to Pat McAfee with what he's created with that program. Nothing against him whatsoever. Uh, and if I'm an athlete and I was allowed to do that, for sure, you'd go on there. But the questions are are, are almost setups so that Rodgers can go on the next uh, uh, tangent. So that's why I said earlier, kind of wagging the dog, because this is this is what this is. It's a house organ, essentially. And if, if there was a deal, if there was a trade, right, I would just to finish on your point there, I, I think Aaron Rodgers could tell the Jets, hey, it doesn't come out from your side or I'm not doing this. So, I mean, literally, he has he wields so much power that's been created over the years uh, by Green Bay and now by New York. That's the situation he's in. So, LeBron James announcing his decision to go to the Miami Heat back, on the, back in the day to take his talents to South Beach, you know, that was panned, but that was an ESPN-type scenario. That was done very much the same way. Had Aaron Rodgers announced a retirement on the Pat McAfee show, to me, that's fine. 
If there's a transaction in the NFL, that should be announced by the teams or leaked through agents or somewhere, not announced by the player on a hand-picked uh, podcast. So, you know, that I think is is still a line that will exist in terms of professional sports to this point. But would an athlete want that? Of course. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, was able to pick a spot where he's been able to share a lot of his views, football, life, otherwise, over the last several seasons in a way that he feels very comfortable, partly because the questions are not going to come back at him the same way. And I think the Green Bay media is uh, is a is a very good group. I think there's a lot of attention on the Packers and people really know football there. Uh, and I don't think it's like you know, this hokey little small town media that sometimes it gets passed off as. I think the media is very strong, very knowledgeable in Green Bay. The the writers and, and uh, people around the team, 100%. So I don't think there's some great distance between how New York writers do their job and people in Milwaukee, Green Bay, Wisconsin do their job. But I do think Aaron Rodgers has built up a lot of capital with most of the reporters and writers in Green Bay over 18 years of being in the organization and seeing his star rise as an NFL player. And so he's treated a certain way. He goes in cold to New York without that capital. So I think a lot of people in New York media are going to you know, be interested in seeing what he has to say and, and be giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I, my guess is there's going to be some faction that is going to look to penetrate that and pick at that and, and come from a different side that he hasn't had in Green Bay. I would anticipate that being part of the future. So one of the things that I that I read on the Twitter as is the lead into this Pat McAfee stuff was that, you know, Rogers was had potentially given the Jets kind of a wish list. You know, we talk about the power that Rogers has, you know, Lazard signed with them. So, OK, you know, it's like kind of plucking. And, and then there were a couple other names thrown out. Who else? You know, is there anyone else that now is kind of like teetering that maybe, you know, with free agency might be able to go to the Jets? You know, obviously, we'll we'll see, Sarah, in terms of, uh, you know, what what money is spent, et cetera. I don't think there's a big national market for Randall Cobb. OK, I would say at this stage of his career, if Aaron Rodgers wants him and suggests that he would be a good addition to the New York Jets, I would think the Jets would make the most sense for Randall Cobb anywhere in the NFL. I don't think there's a huge national market for Mercedes Lewis. Uh, you know, he's, both of those guys have had decorated careers, but at this stage, there's just not going to be a big bidding war for their services. So could either of those two guys end up in New York? Sure. Now, New York doesn't really need a tight end. New York really doesn't need a lot at wide receiver. Al Lazard's a good player to add some compliments to their rotation there for sure, but they can't just load up at those positions. If you have Randall Cobb as well, then somebody else is coming out of there. So, uh, you know, could those guys get there? Great. And, and obviously, Rodgers, I think it was semantics as to, you know, how much of a wish list he provided. He said, I didn't provide a wish list with a piece of paper, and I certainly believe him on that. But did they, did they say, you know, what type of guy, who are some guys who might be appealing to you? I also believe that. And, and you know, do you interpret that or you report that as a wish list or do you report that as just, uh, you know, something else? I don't know. But the sentiment to me is that there's some guys he'd be happy to take to New York with him, much like Sarah and Bryant, Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay. Rob Gronkowski turns up in Tampa Bay. He wasn't going to the ears until Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. So that's that's kind of the way this stuff goes at this point. Let's let's be closer to home, Milwaukee Bucks. Thanasa Santa Tacumpo as a roster spot, and you cannot say that that's uh, you know unrelated to Giannis Antetokounmpo having a roster spot. Yeah, I, I think there's there's no question that if he didn't hand over a physical wish list, he certainly gave the Jets some ideas of players he likes that he feels good about. And if there's 
an implication that, hey, you you bring a couple of those guys along that might help me make my decision, I could see that that might have been a possibility. One thing we know for sure, we're all talking here this morning with the understanding that Aaron Rodgers is, as he said, as he says he intends to, is going to the New York Jets, that he's leaving Green Bay. The I's aren't dotted, the T's aren't crossed, but that's what we expect. If he indeed leaves, it is the end of one of the great eras of Packers football 18 years uh, as a Packers quarterback, 15 as the starting quarterback. Can you talk a little bit about the legacy that Aaron Rodgers will leave behind in Green Bay? Absolutely. Uh, one of the best players in franchise history in a franchise that has had some outstanding players. So absolutely, you're exactly right. The legacy is one that has to be respected. The glittering regular season numbers, the Super Bowl championship, singular that obviously works against Aaron Rodgers. One appearance in the Super Bowl, not just one win, one one getting there, period. So that works against Aaron Rodgers. And for a team that's been in the conversation so many times, it's troubling, I think, if you're the Packers and Packer fans, that they weren't able to get at least get to the big game again. But you know, the ability to throw the football, the memories he has left over the last 18 years, primarily the last 12, 13 years, uh, th- those are indelible. The the Hail Mary, the pass to Jared Cook in the playoffs at, at Dallas, the uh, the throw to Randall Cobb on fourth down in Chicago, and John Coon made the block, and the Packers qualified for the playoffs. You know, some of those plays are just phenomenal, and and really, I, that's what I always will remember about Aaron Rodgers personally is the the belief that he was going to do something in a miraculous fashion at the end of a game, the Hail Mary at Detroit. You know, a Hail Mary, the chances of a Hail Mary are are remote. But with Aaron Rodgers, you kind of thought, hey, you know, he, he might get this. And then, <laughs> or behold, he does. So there were so many times when the game would be coming down to the stretch. And, you know, the, the, you thought, hey, if the Packers get the ball back, they may not have gotten the ball back. But if they did with Aaron Rodgers, they'd have a chance. And that's what separates, I think, him from a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. And the uh, I think he's a change agent in some ways. The, the uh, possession of the football, that's one thing you see in the NFL now, valuing the possession, not giving the football up on interceptions, completion percentages have gone way up in the NFL, and accuracy is so much more important. I think Aaron Rodgers was at the for- forefront of that. So I think he's been a change agent in today's NFL. I think he's been one of the best players ever in Packers history. I think you cannot do anything but respect him as a football player. I was asked uh, by Carl Deffenbaugh at our cut-in uh, when the announcement first came down, on Wednesday afternoon, if he'd be beloved, I don't know if he's beloved by a lot of players. I don't think that that's necessarily what he's striving for. I wouldn't say he's beloved, fully respected, uh, and, and admired 100%. I, I don't think you can, by the way, uh, uh, overestimate the ownership of the Bears and the importance of that to Packers Nation, the fact that he has dominated the Chicago Bears. I think that's a valid point. And, uh, you know, the, the uh, exchange with the Bears fans, will always be something that gets remembered as well down at Soldier Field in the 2021 season, I guess that was. So, uh, yeah, that, that's all part of it. The dominance of the Packers, the the records of the Packers. What do you value as a football fan? The Packers' overall winning percentage, absolutely incredible under Aaron Rodgers. The Packers in the playoffs, not so much. What do you personally value? I think that's a beauty in the eye of the beholder type situation. Well, and I don't think we can talk about well, let me just, I'll back it up a second. But like when Favre retired, cried my eyes out, real sad about it. Football fans, Packers fans especially, are loyal and feel deeply when it comes to the team um, as if they were on the staff. Um, you know, so Favre left real sad, you know, 
Jordy Nelson left, Donald Driver, like some of those bigger names that you really just, ugh, you hate to see him go. Um, as much as I'm like, okay, I'm, I personally, as a fan, I'm like, okay, I'm all done with this. He can go now, you know. Um, but I, w it, it will probably be real stinky to, you know, see him in a Jets jersey. Um, but again, Favre also went to the Jets, <laughs> and and so now I kind of see deja vu. So, who do you think of Favre and Rogers? You know, I mean, I know that they had different skill set, but I do think, you know, they you can kind of say them in the same breath. Legacy is there one over the other? Are they kind of an even? Even keel? Uh, pretty even, I think. Uh, Sarah, it's a good question for sure. You know, you have to separate the Brett Favre post-football chapter. I think that Brett Favre, you know, more beloved, to go back to my word from the from the last mm -hmm. uh, uh, segment. And and Brian, I think, hit on something too with the with the Pat McAfee show stuff and the, and the different things and the social media in general. These players can control their own, brand, their own brand. In a way, I always kind of came to feel that Aaron Rodgers was an independent contractor on the Packers. He was, you know, he's a great player. Uh, and, you know, he was on the Packers for sure. He wanted the Packers to win, but he was Aaron Rodgers. He separated himself a little bit uh, through, you know, the beliefs and actions and uh, the Pat McAfee show, all that stuff. Uh, whereas Favre was seen as more of the team guy. Part of that is because times were different. You didn't manage your own brand the same way. You didn't know everything that Brett Favre was up to uh, off the football field, et cetera. So he, he came off as, you know, the ultimate team guy in there. So I think it's hard to compare legacies. One Super Bowl championship for each, uh, you know, leaving to go to the New York Jets, that's almost phenomenal in and of itself. Uh, and then you have, let's be honest, the next guy now, Jordan Love, who sat for three years as a first-round draft choice, just like Aaron Rodgers did. There are so many storylines. This can't be true, uh, but it is here as we follow Green Bay Packer football. You know, I was thinking about this. I talked to my wife last night. I'm the one listening to every second of the Rogers interview on the Pat McAfee show. I'm refreshing Twitter. She's not that plugged into it, but of course she's a Packers fan. And I told her about some of the things Rogers was saying. And I said, you know, one of the things he did is he did give a lot of, whether you call it lip service or whether it was genuine, he said a lot about his love for Packers fans, the Packers organization. In fact, he heaped praise on his time in Green Bay and talked about it's a effing great city and all that sort of thing. I, I said that I told her that he was saying those things and her response was, why is that just coming out now? Because it doesn't seem like he said those things before. Did you get that sense that we didn't really feel Rogers affection for the city of Green Bay for being a Packer quite in the same way as some of the things he said in that interview yesterday? Do you think that's a fair assessment? That's an interesting uh, point, Brian. I, I do think I think it's legitimate in terms of uh, Aaron Rodgers affection for Green Bay. I think he's felt it all along. I think he did a lot of things out of the camera's eye for people in Green Bay, for things, uh, uh, purposes, causes in the community uh, that he, he just kind of quietly supported. And I always admired him for that. And so I think you have to uh, know that some of that stuff did take place. I think he knows how this interview is going to be parsed. The Pat McAfee show is going to be parsed and, and people are going to say, what did he say? And so he, he, if he had one consistent theme that he kept going back to, it was, love for Green Bay and love for the fans. I mean, consistently he went back to that. And your wife is right. You didn't hear that from him in the past. He knows that that interview is is kind of a send-off interview for him. And, and those are his comments. He wanted them out there. I think he feels them. I genuinely do. Um, but I think he really stressed getting them out there maybe more than he had in the past. Uh, I do think, you know, the, the appreciation for Aaron Rodgers by Packers fans was – 
changed in the last two or three years. A lot factored into that. Uh, his decision not to come back to OTAs, his, uh, st- some of his political stances, personal stances, uh, the, the, just the COVID in and of itself where, you know, fans were then taken away from the Packers and that was a whole different situation. But the uh, focus on his future, you know what I mean? I, you know, when he made those comments and and it came out prior to the draft, uh, the year after they had selected Jordan Love, that he was unhappy with the organization. I think it changed a lot from then on. I really do. I'll always remember the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. You know, guys, I'm a, I'm a sports reporter, right? I'm covering football games. You get to the NFC Championship game, you're at Lambeau Field. Uh, you're the top seed. If you don't win that game, the story to me is you didn't win that game. That's a monster missed opportunity. And uh, the, the post-game press conferences were about Aaron Rodgers' personal future, not so much missing the chance of the NFC Championship game, having everything in your position in your favor at Lambeau Field, you couldn't beat Tom Brady through three interceptions. Uh, I think to me, that's where things shifted a little bit in terms of what are the true priorities as we go forward here. Okay, so priorities, we're talking about love in Green Bay, and now we're literally talking about love in Green Bay. So Jordan Love, he's on the team. He's been sitting, hanging out, ready, hopefully. <laughs> so what are what are some of those expectations, I think, from from fans, from the team, maybe of himself? It's going to be fascinating to watch. I like Jordan Love personally. He's a mellow guy. He's much mellower than uh, his predecessors, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. And so it's going to be interesting to see, for me, how he moves to the front and and leads a football team. Obviously, he did it in college, but this is going to be different. This is going to be in the crosshairs. There's no question about that. and, And how can he play? We haven't seen a lot of them. We just have not. And he looked good against the Philadelphia Eagles last year. His best statistical play was 63-yard touchdown pass to uh, to Christian Watson. It was a crossing pattern that Christian Watson caught and ran away from the defense. So that looks good on the stats, but reality, it was Christian Watson's speed that made that play. The incomplete pass in that game to Aaron Jones on the right side was a much better pass by Jordan Love. So yeah, sometimes statistics, statistics can lie. We haven't seen enough of them uh, in, in real action. So I don't know. The defensive players that I've talked to just in conversation in the past, uh, kind of, hey, what's going on with love? As I would have conversations about anybody. Hey, who do you like? Who do you know? Is this guy good? That sort of thing. So it wasn't like some, you know, uh, big, big movement to try to figure out with Jordan Love. But uh, those players say legitimately he's made so much progress they really can believe in him. The Packers traded up and took him in the first round. At some point, if you're going to have a first-round draft choice player, you have to see what he has to, to offer. And you have to have believed in him at some point to make that type of move. The Packers have groomed him for three years. He's ready to go. He obviously should be given the chance, and you have to see how it's going to go. And I don't think anybody, including those closest to him and the team, really know how it will all fly. But I would say I think Jordan Love has an interesting, different personality that will uh, bear watching as well. All I can think of, Tim, is we've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back with long tenures it's it, it's got to be unprecedented the way this has happened in the history of football. What are the chances that we have a third one in store? Uh, or is this the start of like the 70s era of Packers football? I believe really the only other transition of Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer was uh, Joe Montana to Steve Young with the San Francisco 49ers. And then, you know, they continued to kind of try to look for that third quarterback in that chain. So it's not going to be easy. Jordan Love's going to be held up against all of that stuff. 
I would say somewhere in between, Brian. I don't think the Packers are going to fall off the cliff. They have a lot of talent and they have a, a money-making operation in Green Bay. They ought to be in good shape. Uh, but you have to have players too. And whether it's Love or whoever it is, whoever else it might be, it's on them to win football games. It's going to be challenging. And you know what? End of an era. They have a presidency changing in the next year with Mark Murphy being uh, you know, forced to retire by the bylaws of the organization. That's going to be fascinating. Not as much as watching the, the quarterback change, but for an organization, that's going to be fascinating too. So uh, the, the, uh, the idea that the Packers aren't going to be as interesting to watch in the future, <laughs> I don't buy that. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what takes place. All right, and that's a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual and have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And of course, Sarah has that question for us right now. What do you have, Sarah? Oh, boy. We are talking about things that are great, right? So my question is, what is the greatest invention of all time? Think about all the inventions that ever lived. I just saw a program about this and they there was all these like kind of like celebrity-ish type people that were talking about some of the greatest inventions. And I had never thought about some of these things. Um, like, you know, like a compass is one of them or a clock, you know, the clock. Um, so think about all the inventions and maybe not the sham wow, but like, you know, in the general. Well, I just <laughs> think, the, I mean, it may seem basic and up, but the wheel. I mean, that's, the invention I, that's of the wheel. on the that's, list. Yeah, the wheel. You know, right. Well, how many things have wheels? And, and, and you know, that that one seems like we'd be. We'd still be stuck in place without him. So even airplanes have wheels. I know. Pretty good question here. And I think we could talk a long time and probably, oh, I forgot. I didn't think that to think. I mean, electricity, electric light, that sort of thing. Just open the world. Granted, that's, you know, way down the road after the wheel and some of the things you're talking about there. But uh, I'd, I'd put that up there. Yeah. I, I also wrote down printing press. Um, so, I, you know, again, just all these things where you kind of look around, you're like, oh, that needs that to work. And like you said, electricity, light wheels I'm, I'm glad no one answered starbucks <laughs> <laughs> but valid <laughs> who invented yeah <laughs> the frappuccino all right well tim thank you so much for being on the podcast today it's uh it, it's an always a delight having you on and obviously when we have uh huge moments like this there's nobody better so thanks for taking the time to spend with us this morning yep good chatting with you guys and uh, thanks for having me on if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, including our editor, Dave Machuda. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week. <laughs> <laughs>